Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Kiandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And this podcast aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and also give you the information I wish I could have heard during my own recovery journey. In today's episode, I'm going to get straight into it. It's all about how to recover from an eating disorder or heal from growing up with an almond mum or almond parents. Now, I think it's important to note um, that the term almond mum is something that kind of popped up on social media, specifically TikTok, um, a little while ago, and it's used to describe parents who transfer their own unhealthy dietary habits or disordered eating onto the children. So if you searched up Almond Mum on TikTok, you'd find thousands of videos featuring mostly young women. That's not always the case, but mostly young women impersonating how I suppose they perceive their parents. I've done a few reels on it before and it's mainly mums behaving um, from restricting food to questioning what and how much their child consumes and over-exercising. So while this episode um, is going to reference an almond mum, it's really essential to be conscious that all parental figures are capable of impacting their children's behavior and attitude towards food and do. It's almond parents, but the term almond mum is something that is known by many. So I suppose, you know, I'm not going to cover too much about my own relationship with my parents and food growing up. To be honest, they have and had a balanced relationship with food. But what I would say is there was a skew towards the healthier types of foods I think I had quite an unusual upbringing. I was brought up within kind of a spiritual community. So I was brought up vegetarian with a focus on kind of Ayurvedic food. Now, if you don't know what Ayurveda is, it's traditional Indian medicine and they have a specific way that they like to eat. So I think it was a bit unique for me. That being said that I still did eat, you know, quote unquote, unhealthy foods and I wasn't demonized by my parents in the slightest but obviously if you've heard before about my story I was an overweight child and I think that being said there was a focus on my weight and potentially losing weight which again has impacted the way that I view my body that I viewed my body growing up and potentially contributed to an eating disorder so I'd say it's 50-50 with my parents. I I love them to bits. They have a good relationship with food now. We get on really, really well. But I would say like I have had my own impact of growing up in a home where there was a focus on my food or my food choices. So let's think a bit more generalistically. What are actually the impacts of growing up in a home where dieting, disordered eating, and poor body image are normalized. The thing is, growing up in a home like that means that children will copy, normally copy behavior because as as children, as young people, we learn 
from really copying and comparing. And dieting behaviours, for example, may influence children not only to develop unhealthy eating habits, but also lead to reduce feelings of self-worth and self-esteem because their choices are being criticised. Similarly, disordered eating patterns really lead to anxiety, depression and social anxiety. I'm not blaming anyone here because I think society is a lot of the problem. But children may internalise the poor body image attitudes they're exposed to by their parents and begin to view their own bodies in a negative light. So it does increase the likelihood of one developing an eating disorder or engaging in unhealthy weight control behaviors, maybe diet cycles and binge restrict or, you know, having that toxic voice in their head. And furthermore, children who have grown up in such an environment are more likely to develop unhealthy body perceptions as adults because, you know, they're learning from their parents who have, you know, potentially body checking or talking badly about themselves or seeing their body in a negative light. And that really carries on the cycle of negative body image and disordered eating way into adulthood, you know. And, you know, and I think what's really, really important to note is If you are recovering from an eating disorder, let's say that you developed an eating disorder because of your, you know, growing up in that environment or, you know, learning from your parents, and then you start recovering in the same household, it makes it even harder because potentially those messages and those toxic messages are still there. That being said, you can still recover with an almond mum or almond parents. And I'm going to take you through some key points and steps to healing your own relationship with food and your body and yourself if you are still living with an almond mum or even trying to recover from the damage of an almond mum. Number one, this is the first step that I would take to begin the journey of healing. I suppose it's it's important to reflect on how pervasive diet culture has been in in your life and also your parents, maybe your mum, maybe your dad, maybe both. So diet culture, as we know, is a set of beliefs and values that prioritise thinness and appearance, often focusing on restricting food intake or engaging in unhealthy behaviours to achieve this goal. And unfortunately, diet culture reinforces the idea that thinness equates to happiness success and the health which we all know is untrue FYI but it also promotes unrealistic body standards that lead to disordered eating habits and poor self-image we can see diet culture in so many different aspects of society and social media to everyday conversations you know chats in the office you know chats down the street you hear people who are going on diets etc And diet culture has had a huge impact on parents and their children as it creates unrealistic standards of beauty and health that are like literally impossible to meet. And mothers in particular, not, you know, emphasizing on the gender roles here, but mothers in particular do feel that pressure to look a certain way or achieve a high level of fitness, which leads to poor body image, both for themselves and their children. So I want you to take some time about to think about how diet culture has impacted you 
and maybe your parents and your mother? Have you grown up as a millennial with an increase in social media platforms? Were you a child during the early 2000s where thin bodies were glorified and, you know, larger bodies are like shamed on TV and magazine covers and, you know, and by other influential adults in your life? What type of diet culture did your own parents or your own mother deal with growing up? What influence does she encounter? You know, reflecting on these realities can give you an insight into, into what and why, you know, this might have impacted you and your parents in developing a difficult relationship with food, weight and body image. Because understanding is the first key to change. So you need to understand what that role is and where it might have come from. Step two, try and look at your mother's or parents' complicated issues with food and body image with compassion and empathy. And I know it's super hard because you might be in a place where you're recovering and just wanting to blame. But it's important to remember that your mum or your parents did probably didn't choose to court, you know, choose or cause her own disordered relationship with food. You know, she might have felt compelled to, you know, due to her own underlying trauma and emotional suffering and we know intergenerational trauma can play a major major role in the development of an eating disorder disordered eating body image issues and unhealthy relationships with food and trauma that's passed down through generations can lead to an inherited sense of shame which continues this feeling of worthlessness and low self-esteem making you're more vulnerable to develop an eating disorder or have a poor body image. It creates this transmission of diet culture messaging that places such emphasis on certain stereotypes. And it's so important to acknowledge this intergenerational trauma has been in order to better understand how it can how it continues disordered eating patterns. And remembering that your mom and your parents is only are only human. And likely she did her best despite harming can, I suppose, lessen the anger you feel over time because feeling anger often reflects it back to yourself, which continues the cycle of disordered eating. And this leads to the next step, feeling your feelings around this difficult topic. So allow yourself to feel anger, sadness and grief and the pain that you might experience from having, you know, your parents have relationship with food and and maybe continuing while you're in recovery. And give yourself permission to feel the feelings related to how they were impacting you growing up and how they're impacting you now. Maybe you're recovering in an environment of parents that are similarly toxic towards food and their body. Allow yourself to grieve for what I suppose could have been if your mother had not suffered from an eating disorder or negative body image. Feel anger, let it out, journal about it, allow yourself to be sad that you feel consumed by this pressure to lose weight or find approval from your mother maybe. Allowing yourself to feel anger, sadness, grief, All of these emotions can help you bring the process of healing and moving towards a healthier relationship with both yourself and your mother. Step four, take some time to reflect on how your mum's and your parents' relationship with food and body image has impacted your own. I suppose it's, it's useful to acknowledge 
any unhealthy behaviors or attitudes or beliefs that you've picked up from them or her and take the time to be mindful of how you think and speak about food and body image currently and check in with yourself. So I often think that intergenerational trauma only continues unless you acknowledge and stop the cycle. So reflect on what it means to make peace with food and body image and actively work towards creating healthier relationship with both. Recognize that while you may never have the relationship with your mother or parents that you desire with food, you can find acceptance within yourself and continue healing. Because, and this is important to note and moves us on to step five, is actually learn how to deal with the continued diet talk or toxic comments. Because while we might wish that our parents could be as dedicated as us in recovering and making positive changes, the reality is that some mothers or parent figures will always be stuck in their ways. And while this is frustrating and oftentimes very, very triggering, learning to cope with this can play a really, really important role in your own recovery and healing process. So know that you're not alone if you question these toxic comments. You know, they're not going to simply stop unless they also acknowledge their own pain. And it's not uncommon for some eating disorder recovery treatment programs, even with family involvement, to share their parents unfortunately continue to make unhelpful remarks about things such as food portions, weight fluctuations and appearance. And this is a perfect example of even with like an intense program, some parents are unable to turn off like diet talk. And it's oftentimes important to have interventions with parents. I know I've often done that with you know, my coaching clients, parents, if if permission is there to actually have that conversation and be like, you know, the way that you're talking about food is not appropriate. So having a conversation with your mom or family member is sometimes important to help educate your loved ones. It might not fix anything, but it's important to share your feelings and comments and concerns to help your recovery. And another option, and I've done this myself and I, I like I like letters, is writing a letter out explaining to them why their comments or behaviour has affected you or may continue to affect you and ask for some changes to be made. And I suppose if they're unable to make these changes, the next best thing you can do for yourself is set boundaries. And maybe this looks like eating less meals with them as long as you are continuing with you know, regular eating or limiting contact altogether, or learning to shut down the conversation when on the helpful things are said. And this is, you know, another way of responding to diet talk. And I think lastly, step six is reach out for help if you need it. If you feel overwhelmed or unable to cope with trauma and emotions that come from your mother or unhealthy relationships with parents and food and body image, please reach out for help. You know, having a good relationship with food and body image is essential for your happiness and physical and mental well-being. And working with a coach like myself or another registered dietitian or therapist is really, really beneficial. And I know that because I have been through treatment myself. It can help 
you know, prevent you from having an unhealthy relationship with food and body image and continue that cycle to your own children if you do have them. Coaches or therapists can help provide you with the tools you need to help, you know, build self-compassion. And if you are seeing a nutritionist, I am a nutritionist as well, as well as a coach or a dietitian, they can help you develop a balanced approach towards food and nutrition and actually learn about what a healthy, and I don't mean that by like clean, I mean balanced and nourishing, you know, plan for you that takes into account any health goals or dietary restrictions. And for some people, intensive programs are needed. So, you know, please reach out for support if you need it. And that leads me on to announcing some exciting changes to my treatment program. So obviously I've been doing one-on-one coaching for a couple of years now, and I continue to maintain a wait list, which is super annoying for some I know, but I literally can't fit in any more clients at the minute. Obviously spaces always come available and I try and keep that wait list as short as possible, but I am going to be doing something that hopefully will help mitigate some of that problem. I am launching a online virtual community. It's called the Flourish Club, which will have live monthly workshops resources, access to a group support, so through group chats, access to me to answer questions and just be part of that healing community. And that can be the the first step towards being in an environment that is going to be talking about food and body in a healing, nourishing environment if you're going through your own process of recovery. So I'm going to leave all the details in the description of this episode and you can join. It is going to be a really, really affordable product. So So it's going to be $29.50 and that's GDP, so pounds a month, or you can go and buy a yearly community membership and that is 10% off. So I'll leave all the links in the description and you can look through that at your leisure. And if you have any questions, please reach out via email. And just know if you're struggling with disordered eating, you are not alone and you will be able to get there in that journey of healing, but it will take work, understanding, empathy, and I believe you will get there. So I hope you found this episode helpful. It's been a bit of a shorter one today because I'm still getting over a cold. I feel like this has been the cold from hell. So pray for me that the sneezing and bunged upness goes soon. I'm sorry if my voice sounded like I was at the bottom of a bin. It is always the way. But for now, I will love you and leave you. Good luck with your healing. I'm here if you need me. Go and follow me on socials if you haven't already at Flourish with Keandra. And we will speak soon. 